Welcome to The Hot Seat, David Judge, and here we are at Season 2, Episode 6 of The Hot Seat, where we release a new episode every second Tuesday and talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry to find out where these influencers see current and future trends and what you can do about it to support and grow your business. Now today, I am really excited as we interviewed a power couple in the industry, Hallie and Brennan Hill, who run three separate Ray White agencies in Brisbane. They are also clients of affordable staff, and over our time working with them, we've watched their rapid growth and at the same time, their constant adaption of technology into their business. And for example, in the last month alone, experiencing 17 million in sales, and on average, they bring on 45 to 50 new property managements every single month. Now, in our interview, Hallie and Brennan share how buying habits are changing at a faster rate and how the key to success is around richer relationships where they know who the real you is that they're buying from. Why you should be able to adapt to every individual client's needs and offer every single client, irrespective of their size of their of your business, a unique experience. And why you should always be giving out your gold and how by giving out your gold, it positions you as a leader in the marketplace. Now, seriously, these guys are on the front line every day. They are doing the do and they are the real deal. So I'm going to stop talking. Let's jump into it and roll it. Hello and welcome to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff. I have, I, I'm David and I have Damien. And we also have Hallie and Brennan, who are part of Ray White Bean Lee. Yes. Yep. Yes. yes. So welcome to the Hot Seat. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yes, yes. And um, so we're basically today, the format of the hot seat, we're going to ask you a couple of questions around um, why you got into the industry, where you see the industry now, where you see it going in the future, and just whatever flows from there. Okay, Sounds good? Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's get started. So how did you guys get into the industry? Because husband and wife couple owning real estate business in... Yeah, a lot of people presume that we got into the industry at the same time or we worked, or we met in real estate, which isn't actually the case. I started in real estate back in 2002 at Bruce Harry Real Estate at Holland Park. Yeah. Went there for a Saturday job and they offered me a full-time position and I thought, hey, why not give it a try and got pretty much thrown in the deep end. So it was very much sink or swim yep. and yes. um, had a fantastic mentor there that really coached me and helped me become a property manager. And um, then I moved on from there to um, Rental Hotline, which then became um, Run Property and then Little Real Estate. And then it just flowed on from there. Wow, you've been around the, in yeah, the industry? Yeah, yeah, for a quite a while. And um, before I got into real estate, I was selling photocopiers <laughs> um, and yep. a telemarketer. And uh, I thought... Perfect transition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I couldn't really see myself being uh, uh, a photocopier mogul. Um, <laughs> and then I followed Hallie into real estate. We weren't working in the same business, but I thought, you know, she was enjoying it. So I thought I'd give it a crack. So um, I've been working, so I've been married for 19 years as of mm-hmm. recording this interview and been working with Eva now for about 11 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times I actually contribute part of my baldness and my grey <laughs> as, as a result of working with my wife. How do you guys go working together, married couple? Um, yeah, look, it's... I think initially, um, you know, it can be a little bit challenging when you first open up a business. Mm. You've also got mm. opening the stresses of opening a business. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, when I first started, um, when we opened up the business, I was, you know, admin, reception, implementing our software, mm. moved into sales, did property management. So kind of rotated around all the roles until we could grow to the point we're at now. Yes. So, um, you know, I think at the moment we've found a really good um, place where we can work really well together. I mm. mean, we've always had... Um, We've always been very much supportive of each other's roles and what we've done throughout our career. So yes. it was just a really natural thing.
to go into and work together mm. um, and we can combine both of our skills and, and create what we've got today. Yeah, and anything to add there, Brennan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, there definitely has been some challenges um, working together together. Um, we found that uh, we work better in different teams. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, Hallie's definitely the CEO at home, um, but I try and be the boss at work and <laughs> it, it doesn't work very well. Um, but uh, uh, I think we work really well together because we both really understand where each other are going in terms of our goals and and uh, in terms of what we want to see with the industry. And mm. we worked together in the same company probably about 10 years ago. Um, and uh, different uh, offices, different offices yeah. same company. Okay. And mm. so we were exposed to some great leaders at that time and, and really gave us a good introduction to um, what's possible. Mm. And then we sort of went our separate ways in terms of the companies we were with and the industries we were in. And uh, uh, we sort of swung back together only about three years ago when I was at Ray White Corporate and Hallie mm. was working for Console. So we were started mixing with the same group of innovators and sort of forward thinkers at that time and then when the opportunity came to open up our own business it was a, it was really natural for us to come together and uh, uh, and just do what we've done um, mm. and mm. really try and make a change and do things differently like we'd always hoped that the industry yeah. would do um, and uh, but yeah we definitely had some challenges in the first yeah. 12 months when we're working really closely together yeah and, and I must admit for forever and I working together so closely we, we used to have offices that were literally backed onto each other so it was just a wall separating us and we en I ended up having to move to a separate part of the <laughs> office because it was just too close it's just she's really loud I'm really loud yeah. and yeah and then um, yeah, we've we've certainly segregated away. So again, I think it's a fantastic piece of advice around having yeah. having your individual goals and understanding your goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's what we have, and and like we both manage totally separate parts, and very rarely I haven't spoken to ever really you know since yesterday I think it was because it's just yeah. lots of stuff happening yeah. I think that's so. a really good reminder like I forget that we actually did work together because it was quite a long time ago but even though we worked in different offices but it was when it was mm. rental hotline yes. and um, Barb and John White owned the business and we were really young and there were mm. probably people that we looked up to at the time and just they, Still they do, worked really. They were really, really wonderful well leaders and and they were just ahead of their time mm. um, and, um, and definitely sat with us. And we actually learned a lot by watching them as, you know, husband and wife in a company. And mm. um, it's, we still refer ourselves to them today, um, which was a great experience for us, I think. Yeah. Mm. So Rose Kelly was your boss as well? Rose Kelly was the person that gave me my first job in real estate. Oh, really? So, <laughs> Fantastic. Um, definitely owe Rose a lot for that. Uh, yes. And uh, a reminder of it too every now and then. And I think you work with Rose as well? No, no, no. I worked alongside Rose. I never yes. actually worked for her. So. So, mm, yeah, it's okay. fantastic. Yeah. Mm. So, what are you seeing right now, 2019, the biggest challenges in real estate uh, at the moment? Big, and I suppose biggest problems, biggest challenges within the real estate industry. Yeah, and you're both, you're both working separate areas. Yeah. You're, you're, in the, you're in the sales side of the business, Brown. Yeah. You're in the property management side. I suppose let's start with sales. What do you see as the biggest challenges in the sales side of the industry right now? People are different to how they were not just 10 years ago but 12 months ago people are the way that they interact with each other the way that they interact with the community is totally different now and i think 
where there's some basics of real estate that are really important, it just comes down with the connections and the relationships. And I know it's kind of like overused about the relationships, but what we're really looking at is how we can have richer relationships, how uh, just yesterday in our team meeting, we we're just talking about something really simple as about being a good person. Uh, and with the way that we market now, it's totally different. People are forming an opinion about you and they feel like they know you well before they meet you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how we can have that consistency, how we can flow information and content out to the community is really important. And I think is gonna be our way of just keeping front of mind with people. Um, and ultimately the landlord clients that we have, the tenant clients that we have, we don't see any of those people as one particular group yep. and our and probably the good example of that is our very first property that we sold was a tenant that walked into our office mm. and they walked into the office and they were asking you know the usual question can i have a rental list and you know something as little simple in our business is we don't give out rental lists we actually have a conversation with people and we engage with yes, them yes. and we try and build a relationship with them straight away right. uh, we identified that this particular lady the property that she was looking to, to, to rent, we had one for sale. And she happened to have an inheritance, she had 40,000 in the bank, but she didn't realize that as a single woman that she'd be able to get a loan. Mm. So we connected up her with our in-house mortgage broker, and 30 days later, she's walking out the keys um, to, yep. to her home. Uh, and that particular lady, uh, she found a new relationship a year later, and now we're managing her property for her. Huh, and there was no doubt on who she was going to uh, lease her property with. Yep. Um, we just treated her with such respect. She had a great experience as a renter and she knew that that same experience would be carried forward. Uh, and so what's going to be the way that we're going to continue to grow is how we can communicate those stories and get those stories out to the marketplace. And that's really what we focus on and, and how we can have those richer relationships. But the thing is, the big challenge is there's so many people in real estate you need to communicate to. Mm. I've got 15,000 people on my database. There's tenants, there's landlords, oh. um, there's vendors, there's buyers. How can I have a personalized experience for every single one of those people? Um, and we look at automation, we look at uh, process-driven tasks, um, but what it comes down to is you know, giving the right people the right information at the right time and, uh, and giving people in the business access to all the information about that particular person. So if I'm engaging with them, I can actually see the history of that conversation. Uh, I can pick up where somebody else has left off. Uh, so our ability to be able to do that, and that's where we're, the direction that we're heading in. Mm -hmm. um, very, so you're really, very, really using PropTech property technology to we help are. you to individualize the communication that you're having with the, the people in your, you know, that you're maintaining contact with. 100%. And, you know, uh, our, we've sort of looked at the problem where we've got so many people to interact with uh, and uh, we want to make sure everyone's getting a really personalized experience. Uh, and we found that uh, our ability to be able to manage that is going to be our differentiator um, mm. moving forward into the future. Uh, and uh, um, the tech space is going to be really important, we believe, for that. So that's, that's mm. where, where we're heading and I think what's going to make us sustainable in the long term. Mm. Mm. And property management, what are you saying? Um, the oh challenges, adding, adding on from what Brendan's yeah, already... Yeah, look, I mean, you know, there's always going to be a few challenges for property management moving forward. Um, I think the the biggest, I suppose, you know, I suppose, I mean, not really a challenge, but 
in a way it is a challenge but it's it's just making sure that we provide a meaningful communication to our clients mm. which can justify you know the fees that we charge for the service that we provide yep. um, so I think moving forward into the future it's you know just being able to have an open mind and to look at the innovation look at the technology that's out there and, and choose what's right for your business because mm. the thing is no real estate business is the same yep. so going to a standardization isn't going to be a solution either mm. um, different real estates on different size scales have different budgets different locations different areas um, different prices so yep. uh, properties so I think you know really just keeping at the front of mind is that communication is key to be able to have a sustainable fu- uh, business in the future yep. mm. so how long how long do you think is this is just a side question how long do you think is an acceptable amount of time to return contact to a tenant and an owner we debate this all the time we yes. have set a policy in the business that four hours is a, is a acceptable response time yes. um, Essen- and essentially it should be straight away you should yeah. be available straight away mm-hmm. when they need you to be able to provide them that the answers they require yep. yes. um, so you know when we look at the future and we look at what people are expecting their expectations are getting yep. more and more and more so it should be really instantaneous responses that we should be providing mm. and that's and the we're model looking that we're to, working towards. Yeah, and we're looking to other industries now. We're just playing with some technology at the moment um, that allows for uh, chatbots, uh, that allows for instant communication, um, mobile options. Uh, what can we do to be able to give the people the information they need instantly 24 hours a day? Self-service mm. is a, a massive uh, tool that industries right around the world are using and we're literally this morning before you came I started playing with some new tech at the moment um, looking at can we actually do this can we actually provide an instantaneous response 24 hours a day whether it's self-service uh, whether it's uh, a human interaction um, can we track that Yes. Do we know how many inbound calls that we're taking? And 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 actually, Damien sort of alerted me to uh, someone in the industry talking to him about this really granular information. And my mind kind of went, oh, is that really necessary? But I think it is. Mm. Uh, I think the fact that people want that granular is important. Like, how many calls did you take today? How many calls came inbound to the office today? What was the longest call? What was the customer sat for every single person that had that interaction? And when we started diving a little bit deeper and we're playing with stuff at the moment is there's tools out there that can provide that. Yes. You can actually you know, rate the experience on every single interaction that you're having. Um, and we talk about standardization and personalization. Some people, they don't want to take a phone call. They'd want you to text message them. Mm. So if I have a process that's very rigid where, you know, inbound maintenance requests, send the email to the owner, make the call, whatever, and it's not around that particular person's needs, they're not going to enjoy the experience. And um, an example of that was just recently we had this client and he rang me up and he complained about one of the property managers because they're too efficient. Oh, really? There was no, what was the word he used? He said, that he, did, he goes, I don't quite have a bond with them, but they're really efficient, but I just don't bond with the person. She's just mm. too efficient for me. Yeah, okay. She sends me messages that won't talk to me. So I yes. think this false perception of technology is going to take over property management industry um, I, I don't believe that. Mm. I think it's going to aid and assist us, yes. but they're still going to need the human interaction. And I think that's the key, that the two words you use then, aid and assist. Mm-hmm. Aid and yeah. assist are an important words to use. 
and I agree, like, I don't think there are a lot of other agencies out there that are doing a lot of the, actually taking action on a lot of the areas that you are, yeah, especially yeah. around methods of communication, because it's it's um, it's key. I think it was Sarah Martin was talking about um, down in um, yeah. Melbourne Property Management, some of the stuff that she's putting in place, again, it, it's not about uh, a four, four hours for a voice communication, it's mm. about a period of time before there is some form of reaction. Some yes. form of reaction, which can trigger or you know start a start a process along that path, whatever is yeah. required. Well, I was at a conference last week, and they were talking about people sending messages via messenger and yeah. people replying via a phone call or via a text message. Mm-hmm. Um, people that message via messenger want a response on that platform. So mm-hmm. it's it's actually developing, a, I suppose, the system and having the ability that you can use all of these channels to be able to communicate and, and still there's so track many it. Channels there's so many as channels well that you can use. Yeah, and this, this tool I'm playing with at the moment um, integrates all your socials as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, And it wants to predict that particular user or that particular contact that you're working with it encourages you to add their social account. Mm. And so you can start interacting with them in that way. And uh, they were saying, I was reading an article last night that um, 71% of people that will interact you with you from social media will refer you to somebody else. Yes. So if you connect with them in that rich way where they feel uh, you know, the relationship's strong enough that I'm gonna, you know, talk to you through my social media platform, seventy one percent of those but people will engage. I'll take with you them. back two, three years ago, my, our first interaction was via social media. Yeah. Mm. It was it was on it was a messenger at ten o'clock at night, I think. Yeah. Um, might have even been on a weekend. I can't even remember. Hallie sent me a message going, hey, we want to talk about your services. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. we got a referral from someone to be... Yeah. Um, no, know, I, I actually... I don't well, even know if David will remember this, yeah. but I think it was the LPMA conference. I remember. At, <laughs> I do remember. Where were you? At, um, was it maybe the Chief casino? Uh, yeah, on the yeah, yeah, it's on the Gold yeah. Coast. And you had the big screen up and you had one of the VAs up face. there. Um, face. What's that? Yeah. yeah. She was up there talking. And I think she had, yeah, she was up there having a chat and I just thought, this is really cool, what, mm. what's going on here? Mm. You know, and I suppose that kind of sparked my journey of, you know, what, where is the future of property management going? Yeah. What is the yeah. technologies that we can use to make our business better? Mm. Yeah. So just going back a little bit around the social media stuff, do you add clients on social media? 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. And what do you show them? Because uh, you obviously have to be conscientious, like a... Look, you try to level it out. I mean, we have um, our virtual assistants will post our, you know, just just lease, just listed sales, rental properties, your standard posts that you see with your property, your agents, mm. um, that type of thing. And then we try to keep the personalization side of it for the salesperson or the property manager who might want to do you know, a bit of a candid video or something, you know, that they've taken themselves, which adds mm. the personal touch. But we have the consistency with the virtual assistants providing um, you know, those standard type t- uh, Facebook and Instagram tiles that you see. Yes. So you have a bit of a mix of both, um, mm. but you definitely got to try and put some kind of personal touch to you it. You have to. You have to let – because <coughs> what what I've seen, people will form an opinion, um, and if you don't let, you know, your real side come across, yes. then they can't connect with you. And people are often – wanting to find something they have in common with you. And uh, I'm friends with a lot of my clients on my personal page um, on on Facebook, not just my professional page. Uh, And uh, I get a lead nearly every day, probably every two or three days, I'll get a lead from either Instagram or Facebook Mm. from someone that I have you know, friends with or relationship with or referral about. Mm. Uh, and uh, 
And it's usually in the evenings. It's, it's always know, in the evenings. Sometimes between yeah. eight, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, people are sitting down, relaxing, looking at social media. Mm. We're finding that a lot of um, landlords are like, you know, kind of like digitally interviewing us, kind of finding yep. out about us first. Mm. And we've had a case where you know a, a landlord's walked in and asked for a particular person based on the fact that they have. Uh, found them on, you know, Facebook, looked at them, felt a connection, looked mm. at their Google reviews, seen what kind of person they are so they knew what they look like, what the person was, you know, what other people had said about that person and asked for that particular person. Mm. Yeah, so, it's incredibly true. I, I connect um, personally with um, any well, a majority of people who send me Facebook um, requests as long as they don't seem dodgy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I understand that uh, that... From a social media perspective, the, the it's what we do. I see as a lifestyle, mm. so yes. I don't see it as a nine to five. I mean, I own the business, but um, or one of the owners of the business, and and Damien, you run your own business yeah. as well. And, and you see, I see this as a lifestyle choice, and I make sure that whatever I put out there and whatever, however I interact, I, I mm-hmm. it fits in line with my lifestyle, which yeah. it generally does anyway. So, yeah. 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 So, um, I think the key is just keeping it professional as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of tools out there you can use to keep it just looking sharp and professional. Mm. And consistency. Like, a, I'll bump into people I haven't seen in a long time, and they're like, "Oh, wow, you're doing so well." I'm like, "Am I?" Like, and you forget <laughs> consistency. That, the yes. amount of content yes. that you're putting out, and and uh, we look after now across our group about fifteen. Uh, people's accounts and uh, uh, we just took over one of our property managers accounts just recently and because I said to her look you're not getting your brand out there we're very focused on everybody individually building their brands and Mm. getting their own content out not just relying on our page and it was a strategic decision we made sort of about two years ago because I thought I could try and build an audience on Ray White Bean Lee or I could have 15 accounts and reach far more people and uh, so a lot of property managers agents they don't really know what to post or they're kind of a little bit shy about getting their content out there yeah you know consistently for a week or two and then and then just drop off Mm -hmm. yeah so our VA team um, literally has taken over everybody account for them and obviously we we don't like take over your account we say would you like us to support you with building your brand and most mm. people are like yeah it. please go for it and sometimes we'll physically create their accounts for them you know obviously it's their login details they have access to it to any time but then the VA team will just take over and automate all that messaging that goes out mm. and um, one of the property managers uh, Nerida who we just took her account last week she'd never been on Instagram before Yes. Yep. Created our Instagram account, and a fa- even a family started saying, "Oh, wow, you're doing <laughs> so much work!" Like you know, those yeah. even people that were close to her like commented on one of the yep. posts. Like, oh my God, you're doing like, so oh, well at work, thanks. and <laughs> yes. you know, so like it, it, people yeah. notice it even within your own family group. And a lot of the stuff that I get from socials isn't necessarily. Um, a random person that I don't have a relationship with. It might be a friend of a friend of a friend. Mm. And um, that reach out is really important for us. Mm. And uh, yeah, it just works. So from business business owner's point of view, what special advice would you, you give to other business owners out there? Oh, where do you start? <laughs> In real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for me, it's just about make the job fun 
and take care of your people. And uh, if the people in the business are enjoying what they're doing, you're progressive enough to give them the tools that they want and they feel like they're part of something special, mm. then they'll stick with you and they'll give people an amazing experience. Um, when I, I was with a company, uh, it was went from rental hotline, we were the largest property manager in Queensland um, to run property, the largest property manager in Australia. Mm. Uh, and I was with that company for a decade. Loved it. It was great business. We built our own technology. We're doing amazing things right at the front end of the industry. It was really, really cool. Then the business was bought by Little Real Estate. And while it was a good company, it became very corporatized at that time. It yes. lost its special essence. It lost its I didn't have the CEO's phone number anymore. I couldn't okay. connect with the leadership in the group and it lost its kind of innovation. And and that was the time when I went, you know what, I've been here for a decade. I don't really have a relationship with the leadership group anymore. I feel like that there's these really rigid barriers being created. Yeah. Um, it's time for me to move on. Mm. And I always remember that and always try and make sure that all the people on my team don't get that feeling where they lose a relationship with the leadership group. They uh, And we're a big business now. We've got three offices. Um, we've got 60 plus staff. We onboarded. Yeah. 400 managements. We did 19 million in sales last month. Mm. Uh, we've we got- We bring on about anywhere between a minimum of 30 to 50 new managements per month. Yep. Fantastic. Which is massive. Yeah. So Just logistics around that. I've, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Generally huge. 30 to <laughs> yeah. bad months. Yeah. So it, it usually sits, hovers yeah. around kind of 45, 50 managements per yeah. month. So mm. it's quite a, quite, a, quite a lot and mm. quite a lot to onboard. So it's we have to have a lot of systems and processes in place to be able to do that as well. Mm. But it really um, but just comes down to the people being happy. Yep. And I find if they're happy and they feel like they're part of something special, they don't resist that growth. Yes. Uh, they they embrace it and they know that, you know, we're very we spend a lot of time pretty much every single one of our team meetings that we have on a Monday morning is just talking about what's important to us, not in terms of numbers, but um, uh, the culture that we want to have mm. and uh, the core values that we have. And we hope that then when people are out doing their interactions and their inspections and meeting the tenants or meeting the buyers or whatever, that they kind of have a framework of the rules around what it is that they do because we try and not be so rigid uh, in terms of our policies and procedures. Mm. And yeah. really, we have frameworks, but we want to make you know have it a little bit pliable so people have an amazing experiences and and that's so that's my biggest tip just look after your people mm. yeah. what about you how what do you reckon my biggest tip would be to look after yourself because if you don't look after yourself you can't yeah. look after your people and i think that was the biggest learning curve mm. for us when we first opened a business and, and i think reflecting back i don't think there's really much you could change or do about it but you are working you know 12 hours a week mm. uh, 12 hours a day sorry no but you know you're coming in you know your first one here going home at eight o'clock at night you know we've got um you know we've got a child to look after you know mm, you're not yep. really looking after yourself yeah. as such and and that was really really takes its toll on yourself mm. um and you know it, and it's very stereotypical you know first year's the hardest second year gets easier third year gets easier again um, but I think really you know maintaining that kind of like looking after yourself mm. is most important um, but I suppose with learning through that as well it's really made me 
more conscious about um, our property managers. I've been a property manager for yep. a long time. I understand the role. I know how stressful it is. Mm. And rather than looking at my role as you know head of property management, I really just look at my 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 role essentially is how do I make the property managers' lives easier. That's yep. that's how I really define what my role is. Yeah. So I look at the problems, try and find some solutions, and try and design this kind of you know processes that we have in place so they can go home at five o'clock and feel like they can switch off, um, that they can have a career in real estate and feel like that they've got a supportive leadership group mm. that can give them the tools that they need to do their yep. job. And it's competitive to get a property manager. It's really competitive. Yeah. And uh, we've been very fortunate that we've been able to attract some wonderful people. Uh, and after we sort of catch up with them and we sort of say, hey, you know, you had a lot of businesses to choose from, uh, what made to choose us out of all those companies and often it's in relation to that that we i feel like you guys have the framework and you're focused on you know yeah. uh giving me some work-life balance and you seem more caring about me yeah uh and uh which gives us that opportunity to be able to attract the right people and just last night uh hallie had one of our past employees call her uh, and uh, she had left because she wanted to this BDM role and she felt comfortable enough to ring Hallie to get advice um, yeah. about her new position. And yeah, well, you know, we didn't have a position for a BDM role. It was really, you know, purely from the fact of um, driven by, you know, changing the role for, for money. Um, yes. Parted on uh, great ways. So that's always, yep. always mm. a good way to go. And, you know, felt comfortable enough to kind of ring me and have a discussion about, you know, challenges with growing and getting new business and, you know, just really being able to provide the support and advice and help just mm. to, you know, really make her feel better about where she was going with the future with it and just had to just remind her, you know, this is the opportunity that you wanted. You've got the opportunity in front of you to grow and, and to get more money and this is what you want to do. So here's some tools to help you along the way. And I think it's just really important to, you know, for us to, you know, really have those relationships and other people to have those relationships when you're in property management because it is a small, tight-knit community. Yep. Mm. Everybody knows everybody. No one would really expect that. No one would yes. really expect your team member to go to a competitor. They're not a direct competitor, they're in a different areas. No. But to, to, to give them advice on how to do mm. well in their role. Um, and uh, I think we've been in the industry long enough to know that you can kind of look over, I suppose, with us for the last 20 years and everybody generally, you know, kind of either starts a business together, works together, grows together, crosses paths somewhere yeah. along the yeah, way. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's really important to, um, you know, to support one another um, across that journey as well. And We've always been like that. And, and I think perhaps because of the some of the roles that we've had, the high level roles that we've had where that's all we did was mm. just supported people. Yeah. Um, we have people from different brands come in here all the time and we have some great relationships. We actually helped um, uh, a, another brand hire a great BDM recently. Yes. Um, she'd reached out to us uh, looking for a role. Goes around comes around as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, exactly. That was what I was thinking. Yeah, if it's somebody in a different area and, and their BDM's fantastic and perhaps moves to our area, 
you know, that's going to be a recommendation to come to us. So mm. it's just really just making sure that we are working in a supportive environment mm. um, when it comes to other agents, you know, other people that work with you within your group and um, just making sure that everybody grows together. And a lot of people ask us uh, because, you know, we go to conf- present at conferences a lot. We, um, you know, do sessions like this. And why do you give your gold out is, is often a question that I get asked, particularly of the people in my team. And I, and I said, well, you know, it's not just about me keeping everything for myself because I find when I share, people swing back to me. Yes. The other thing is that's really challenging and probably uh, one of my sort of final tips uh, for any existing business or any new business is start implementing some new stuff Mm. don't be afraid to make a change and and ultimately when it comes down to the things that we often that we share is people have a lot of difficulty driving it into their business and they have a lot of difficulty you know getting started Uh, and often I I say to Hallie I could go to my my competitors right either side of me and literally give them the handbook Mm. Um, but uh, uh, it's implementation. It's, it's implementation. That's right. Yeah, most and people don't implement. Yeah, you know, that's how Brennan and I, I suppose, work really well together. Yeah. You know, he has some really um, big ideas, and um, and he sometimes doesn't quite have the patience when it comes to implementation. I don't like fine detail. So he doesn't yes. like fine detail. Whereas <laughs> yes. I love the fine detail. I like the implementation side of things. Yeah. So that's how we work really well together. He'll come up with a crazy idea mm. um, and want it implemented in you know three days and you guys know that firsthand yeah, yeah. you know that's like like every call <laughs> i get from damien's about someone trying to implement something or a roadblock that they've hit or uh and we as a business uh, uh even our va team was for us it was didn't cross our mind on how we were going to be able to take the next step mm. it was already mapped out in our mind and uh, you know, we're already skipped two steps ahead. Now we're sort of sharing what it is that we're doing with people and the processes we built around that. But now we're sort of taking another step forward in our evolution and, and, yes. and how we're going to drive new technology, how we're going to use AI, how we're going to um, have, you know, 24-7 interactions, how we're going to track those interactions. And, you know, that perhaps might be the next thing. But mm. um, we know that we'll be able to implement it and we'll be able to get it launched before anyone's even considering. But I agree around sharing the goal because the, um, the, the a couple of things that do happen, like you said, uh, people generally have challenges with the implementation side of it. Mm, yeah. But by sharing the goal, you're automatically creating yourself as an authority. That's the hope. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the reason why we make things like this is because yeah. we hang out with cool people and then they think that we're cool too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I think right. that's the thing, you know, you can definitely, you can pick up different things from different people to implement in your business. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, different people can inspire you. It's important to be around, you know, a good group of people who mm. share, you know, similar visions um, because something that you pick up or I pick up could be different to somebody else. So yep. it's just important to, you know, to have that really healthy mindset and yes. um, be positive when it comes to being around other people in the business and look, look at them more of a, an assistance to you rather than the competition. Mm. Fantastic. All right. Okay, okay so we're, we're, going, we're going to go for a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to put you guys on the hot seat and ask you uh, a series of questions that will hopefully make you cry or laugh. Okay. Sounds, Sounds good. Like <laughs> Excellent. Okay, welcome back to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff with Hallie, Brennan and Damien. Hello. And we're at this part of the interview where we go through the hot seat questions. I know, I like this part. I get to sit uh, back and I do know, nothing. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a little bit nervous yeah. too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like nervous and excited. I'm yes. Like, really got okay, one. you ready? Yep. Okay. 
I'll, I'll ask the first question, you go second question, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, my eyes aren't that good. Okay, I'll just ask all the questions. <laughs> okay, so Brennan, you're first. Okay. Number one bucket list item. Bucket list. I want to go to Europe. I've found this new love for Europe and, and uh, um, wanting to travel there. I think I've just done so much time in Asia that I need to class it up a bit. Excellent. <laughs> Strangest thing you've ever eaten? Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. We did go to the Philippines last year. Yeah. What did we eat what there? We, I don't know chicken's feet. Did you eat the chicken's, chicken's feet? feet? Yeah. That was I disgusting. I may, may have. Yes. Describe yep. yourself in three words. Oh my God. These, these, <laughs> these questions are hard. Hot seat. <laughs> um, three words. Fun loving guy. I like that fun. <laughs> there you go. Hey, high fives. How do you spend the first three hours of your day? Putting makeup on. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. joking. You only get one shot at it. No. Um, the norm, you know, wake up, get ready, get your kid ready for school. Yeah, like kids. Get, get ready for get work. Get breakfast made for Drink you. Drink coffee. Drink coffee. Actually, that's definitely it. Mm. But um, yeah, then then to work. Check that's Insta, drink coffee. Check Insta, drink coffee, put makeup on. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Favourite drink? Uh, vodka, lime and soda. Is Something interesting nobody knows about you? Um, Told you it's hot tea. I know everything about you, so it's all interesting to me. <laughs> um, we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, would you prefer to be invisible or be able to fly? Fly, for sure. Mm. What's a mistake that ended up being a success? Um. Can't see you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think that's what I ever said. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard one. Okay. Morning or night? Night. Weapon of choice? Violent person. I don't have a weapon of It can time. be your phone. It can be your keyboard. Okay. It can be your voice. Maybe my phone. Excellent. Biggest fear? Drowning. If you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you be doing? Um I don't know. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just working that out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. if, if you wouldn't what was the question? If you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you be doing? You'd be at the beach. It's your day off. That's what you were going to do today. I thought we were talking about like career-wise. Oh, career-wise. Any, any way you want to. Well, if I wasn't doing what I was doing right now, I would be at the beach because I'm actually on annual leave for two weeks and came in on my um, day off to do this. Yes, and I'm not sure if you're regretting it now. After some <laughs> of these questions. Keep reminding yeah, that's that. right. University or School of Hard Knocks? Uh... School of Hard Knocks, but I've gone back to uni. So, because mm. I realised I needed it, unfortunately. Yeah. I thought the School of Hard Knocks would do everything for me, but it hasn't. What advice would you give to an 18-year-old version of you? Um, go to university. Mm. Fridays or Mondays? Fridays, for sure. One item you could not live without? Um, my gym shoes. Cats or dogs? Which one do you like better? <laughs> my cat. Yeah. Your cat. My cat. Final question. How many keys do you have on your key ring? Six. Six. Yeah, a lot of... Oh, where's my keys? I just guess. You just guess? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, people in real estate and property management apparently don't like having, having keys because they have to carry them around so much. Yeah, yeah. So they try to avoid them and only have a single key or a fob, I think is the term. Mm. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Like I said, it is the hot seat, and um, and hopefully you found some of those questions interesting. At the, uh, the the final part of the interview now is where you basically talk about what you have going on right now and any type of shameless plug you'd like to give. 
Um, what we have going on right now? Like, I think it's oh, a watch so this much. space type of moment. We definitely have something going on right now. Yeah. And like it's personally or professionally? Well, professionally. Professionally or personally. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think um, professionally we've definitely got some really exciting stuff coming yeah, up. Yeah, we do. Um, no shameless plug just yet. All we can say is watch this space. Yeah, we've got some pretty cool stuff that we're working on at the moment. Um, and we haven't made any announcements yet. But... Mm. Um, in terms of just day-to-day work, it's just we're really we've moved into the machine phase at the moment. Things are just ticking over, so yes, I think so. our creative minds are sort of working in overdrive at the moment. So we're playing some new toys. So, mm. Mm. so if I was wanting to sell my house, how would I get in contact with you, Brandon? Instagram. Instagram. And Hallie, if I want best property management, Bainley, how would I get a hold of you? You could use any method of contact, Amy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to end. <laughs> thank you very much for Helen and Brennan coming in today. Thank you and, guys. And really appreciate it. And right, thank, thank you, Damien, for, for coming us. in interviewing. Fantastic. Thank Thanks, you. guys. See you all again uh, next time on The Hot Seat. Thank you for listening to this episode with Hallie and Brennan. And before you go, I'd like to ask if you enjoyed this episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find if you search for The Hot Seat wherever you listen to podcasts, especially on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, I want to remind you that The Hot Seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I am 100% honest, we could not put The Hot Seat together without outsourcing. There's a lot, like a lot of background work that goes into creating a podcast. And this couldn't be done without outsourcing it to our overseas team. I mean, I record the content here and then I send it offshore where they handle the audio, the video edits, the website, the podcast distribution, the marketing, and so much more. So a special thank you to our team in the Philippines. Okay, great. Thank you again for all of your support and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Hot Seat.